Hey everybody, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education, and so much more with our very informed guests. So thank you for joining us today. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing a little bit of lane positioning, some rules of the road with our special guest and returning guest, Chris Bolter from TNT Motorcycle Riding Woo-hoo. School. Training? School? TNT! Rider Training School? Sure. <laughs> we'll get that. I always just call it TNT, and everybody in the Edmonton area knows who you are, and you've been involved with us since the beginning, and we very much appreciate that. So instead of talking about what you guys do, you're going to help me explain something that seems to be confusing. I know when I'm driving around or riding around and I see motorcyclists sometimes, I'm like, oh, they're in the wrong part of the lane. Or you have people who don't ride, like Bryn, our producer, this will be a good show for him um, because he'll learn why we ride in the certain parts of the lanes that we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so before we totally get into that, just remind me again who you are. Re- remind our listeners again who you are and how long you've been instructing an owner of TNT. Okay. Well, as you said, my name's Chris. I'm the chief instructor for TNT. I'm just a simple man. Just trying to enjoy the sport. Um I'm a self-taught guy, so I started riding when I was, what, 16, got licensed, so 26 years now of riding. I'm Edmonton, born and raised. Oh, you just dated yourself. Yeah, yeah. Forty. Yeah, when you go 43 years of riding, you kind of say, wow. <laughs> so it's good. I still enjoy it. And I've been teaching for 26 years. Started TNT in 99. Um, being a self-taught guy, I really like to kind of get out and, you know, just see how other schools and other places around the world teach. So I've... I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I've done like eight different certifications for motorcycle riding. I'm a BMW kind of guy now. So I really like my GSA, my on off road and my R9T kind of cafe racer. Um, Family man, got three older kids now, university working. They all ride and they ride, they ride how they want to ride as far as, you know, how much they want to ride. They're not a fanatic like me, my wife rides. Um, So it's kind of like to each his own. The only rule I had is everybody had to ride in the family. And uh, yeah, after 21 years of teaching, I still I still like it. Well, right. A family that rides together stays together, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> our thing is the family that they leave somebody else behind and goes riding stays together better. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I don't, push I don't push it. If you want to ride, ride. If you don't, then, you know, I try to, you know, I try to give them the space yeah. to find what about it. Yeah. uh, Well, yeah. I mean, everybody like that's one thing that we always talk about. Go at your pace, go at like how you're comfortable, but, you know, still push and challenge yourself a little bit here and there. But, But one of the things that, like I said, off the top of the show, lane positioning becomes really confusing for some people. What are the basics of lane positioning on? Let's start with like the single lane roads and you know, and then we'll get into how that changes with multiple lanes. So where should a motorcycle be positioned when you're on single lanes? Right. And I think, you know, when you're talking to a new rider, I think they just like, okay, give me an answer and that's where I'll be. Right. That's, that's where I have to be. I have to be, you know, left position or center or right position. And they think, you know, that's just the way it is. So there's, I guess the number one rule is there's no perfect place to be. 
There really isn't because you're, you're riding in a, a dynamic changing environment, not only in the road, but also the traffic around you. I mean, back in the day, they would say, you know, left lane position gives you the most, you know, visibility to see around the vehicle. People can see in the mirrors, the left mirror. Um, and then you kind of go, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm on the yellow line just about? Does that mean I'm kind of, you know, where the tire tracks are, right? And that's where the potholes are. Is that a good spot? So it's really fluid, right? So the number one skill when you're thinking about lane position and how do you do it, and we can go through all these for sure, is forward planning, right? Like it's so important to actually forward plan to know what's coming up, to look that 12, 16 seconds down the road, see what's going on around you, 360 degrees, and then picking a position that gives you the best ability to see and space around you, right? Oh, absolutely. Like I move around my lane all the time, depending on debris on the road, or I don't like the way that car looks that's coming towards me. They're a little too tight to the yellow. So, and then there's the ruts that happen on like, let's say the yellowhead in Edmonton with all the semis going through, you get those like the divots from all the big trucks. Right. So weather or sore. So now you're like, well, should I stay in the left position? I mean, it's, you know, wide open one way. Don't have to worry about cars coming. There's a meridian, but there's also, you know, water. So is that a place for me to be? Well, maybe not. Right. So it's, you know, and you got to think kind of lane position, you know, center, you know, when I'm starting out, you know, is it nice to be in the middle? So if I'm not perfect on my, my, you know, my looking or, or my steering a little bit, I'm looking not far enough ahead. Well, center can work really well because it's, you know, I've got space on each side of me with the traffic, right? Yeah, exactly. You have the room to move in case something comes out out of nowhere because that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. And if people are going, you know, kind of quicker around you or things like that, you know, then you've got a little, just a little bit more room to breathe, right? I mean, we used to, I mean, I've been in this long enough. You see everything come around, right? It used to be like, it's got to stay in the left lane. Then, uh, you know, the higher visa traffic, you know, for the test. And they say, oh, we want to see you more in the middle lane. That's sacred. And then it's like, well, we want to see you move around. Then the examiner's like, well, you can't just move around. That's disruptive to traffic. They don't know what's going. So if you're in the center, to the left, to the left, to the right, they'd be like, well, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we supposed to do? (laughs) You're supposed to look ahead put yourself in a position where you can be seen and you can see the best, right? And that can adjust. So if there's a pothole or if there's water and there's holes and you know the road and you're like, geez, there's a lot of potholes here, I'm going to ride a little bit more to the middle. And that's okay, right? As long as I can see or give a bit more space and then, you know, I can deal with these situations. But I'm not going to weave around potholes just because it's fun, right? Because <laughs> it's kind of distracting to traffic. Little, right? little bit. But then, so that's good on single lanes, but on two lanes, now you have flow of traffic with you in, in two or three lanes, multiple lanes. I think lane positioning becomes a little bit more important. So people don't kind of change lanes into you or what do you think on that? Right. So when, when there's multiple lanes and you have the dotted white line, you know, there's one thought that says you always stay in the left position, no matter what lane you're in. So I can be beside the dotted white line if I'm in the curb lane, but if in the center lane, I would be by the yellow line, not by the dotted line. And I always teach you should be by the dotted line. So if I'm in the curb lane, I'm in the left lane position, not always, but I mean just for general to see. And if I'm in the, in the center lane, and then I'm over to the right. And, the that, and that's kind of 
I've always thought of it as where's the driver and the mirrors they can see out of, you know? So if you're, if they're in the left lane and you're in the right lane and you're in the left lane position, then you're in view of their passenger side mirror and vice versa, like swapping it around, then you're in their driver's side mirror, essentially. You have a better chance of being seen. Yeah. Well, it can be a chance to be seen, but it can also be all of a sudden you're in somebody's blind spot, depending on the well, vehicle. Right? That's, that's the other part, level. distance. I'm kind of risking this now, right? Yeah. So that's where the planning and 360 vision goes around you because you're riding there and you think it's good. And then you realize, hey, I look over and I can see the, you know, the passenger or the driver, depending on which side I'm on. And then you're kind of like, geez, they must see me, right? But I've had, you know, I've had just kind of going to the course site and there's a lane closing up in the, the left lane. I'm in the left position in the curb lane and I'm thinking, what's this car going to do beside me? And I'm right there and I see the signal light come on. They start moving over and I'm like right there. Yeah. And then it's just like a little beep and then the passenger freaks out. <laughs> Everybody freaks out because they didn't even bother to turn their head. So that's why the forward planning and positioning, like push comes to shove, car is always going to win. So I have to be able to adapt to the situation. So I have good, I have good, you know, protection as far as I look bigger if I'm beside the vehicle, but if I'm kind of in a little bit of a blind spot or they decide to come over, they move over a little bit or their mirrors a little wide, you've got the oil field type trucks or motorhome or semi, then maybe that's not where I want to be. Right. Yeah. Try to stop either behind them or in front of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like anytime I feel like I've, like gotten caught up beside somebody for just a little too long, I was either back off or I'd speed up because I'm little. They're not, they're really not, and nobody shoulder checks. They teach it, but it'd be really great if people could start doing that again. Well, you see the little light go on in their mirrors now, and I'm always like, oh, this is not a spot for me to be. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because they don't probably, everybody's used to those little lights on their mirrors now that they just ignore those too. Like all this new technology that's supposed to make things safer, I think is just making people more complacent behind the wheel. Yeah. But it does help us as a rider because now, you know, you're in a position that's vulnerable to yourself, right? Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good thing to look for. It's a good tech for us, I guess, for sure. So you you talked a little bit about that vehicle that kind of the closing lane merging into you, how like that again, is just a forward thinking thing. But if you're on like a freeway around like, like Stony trail and Calgary, Henday up here and people are merging on and you're in that curb lane where they're going to be merging into, if you can't really see them coming around that clover, where should you be in that lane or should you not be in that lane? Not be in that lane. Yeah. That's the best. Like it's as traffic, as you're coming to like slip roads going on or off, you know, it's, that's a high area where there's just a lot of movement. Right. And you can get lost in there and somebody could be, you know, just all of a sudden you've, you've all seen the person cut across four lanes and get on the brake and then, you know, they're trying to get way over. I don't want to be in that, in that mix. Right. So I'll try to stay away from those areas or just move a lane over if mm-hmm. I can, like before I get there. And if it's like a steady thing, like on, like in Calgary, where it's overpass after overpass, right. You're like, Hey, this is steady. You're going towards Edmonton or Airdrie. And you're like, oh, I know there's a lot of traffic filtering. So I'll stay more over to the middle lanes. Right. Just stay out of that zone best you can. And a lot of people say, now we have like multiple laneways, like there's four lanes going on which way. Now what do I pick, right? 
I said, well, it's the same thing that you started with the single lane is that you pick a spot where you got the best vision and you can see, and then the lane position, now you do the same thing. So you have more, you have more ability to move around and don't be stuck staying in certain lane or, you know, what, what bothers me, I guess you'll see, you know, vehicles just get right on somebody's butt, right? Yeah. And try to push them in the fast lane or push them in this lane. And then you see a person on a motorcycle doing the same thing. And I always think, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you're just, you're not helping anything. Yeah, right? it, exactly. Well, let, let's throw another um, element into this. You and I are out riding together with a couple of our friends. Now there's a group of four of us. Right. Staggered is standard, but I've ridden with some people who switch back and forth. And, you know, you want to be on that dotted line when you're on multi lanes and the rest of the group should do that as well, right? You follow whatever the lead bike's doing? Uh, yeah, group riding is a really, you know, funny beast, right? So, I mean, to really properly ride in a group, I don't think there's very many people who can do it, right? Because it's a skill. It's not something. So I look at it as, you know, if you go group riding, you and I and, you know, a couple of people say, hey, let's go riding. First of all, there's probably very little communication going on. Everybody just assumes everybody's going to do the same thing, right? Which is why there's so much mutiny in group riding because people get pissed off because they don't know what's going on. So I don't want to ride with this person. I don't want to ride with that person. So it's kind of like, hey, let's go for a ride. It's the same way. It's like, hey, let's go to the pool. We're all jumping in the pool, swimming around at the lake and having fun. But we're really not really doing anything as a group. We're just in the same area. So, you know, then, then you have the, the road captain, the tail gunners, and people, oh, you're – you're a weaker rider, you're newer, you stay in the middle, we'll protect you. And it, to me, it's just, it's just a hard way of, you know, enjoyment. Some yeah. people can do it, right? Some I, people can do it. I'm a, I'll ride with like one, maybe two other people, but they're people I've known for a long time. So we have an idea of how each other's riding styles are, but it's a conversation before you go out. And so it becomes less about lane positioning and more about, this is our rendezvous point if we get separated because maybe the boys want to take off and have a little fun and right. maybe me not so much, but I'll see you at the gas station. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, years ago I had one of my instructors, you know, he came to us, he said, ah, we do these, he was, you know, doing a, a riding group in his church. Right. And he had a communication and the tail gun had a communication and he was like, you oh, know, this is the best thing ever. And then I said, oh, yes. And so how, you know, how often, you know, do you have all these people together? Oh, well, we do it. I said, well, do you ever have anybody not show up after or you have troubles? He's like, yeah. Said, well, of course you do. Because, you know, you guys are controlling everything, right? So when you talk about group riding, you know, it's more like synchronized swimming. You're going there, right? And you're all doing the same thing. You have to give up your independence for true group riding. You have to give up your independence. It's like Borg style of mind, right? you know, four people or five people in one mind and everybody's on the same page hundred yeah. percent. And the only way you can do that, like really do it is to everybody has to realize everybody's equal and everybody changes positions like every half an hour. So I know exactly how much forward planning I have to do at the front. I know how much scanning I got to do at the back. And when the person at the front is ready to make a change of the group, I already know what the changes. I'm ready because I'm still scanning myself, right? Yep. But there's no, but there's no, there's no mutiny because everybody's active in what's going on. Or you can do what a lot of people do. It's kind of like you describe what you do with your 
uh, friends, right? It's kind of like pack riding. You have a person who leads and everybody just goes and it's usually smaller groups and a lot more independence, a little tighter spacing, depending on how, you know, kind of, I call it like kind of born free type rider, like easy rider, rider, right? You're just kind of there and going. Yep. And there's less mutiny, but it's also a very, you know, it's a very faster type of riding where you have to have a little bit more open space, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So I got a couple more questions regarding lane positioning left. One would be, um, going back to that topic, the left turn. So I've heard from examiners that they want you in the left portion of the left turning lane at an intersection. To me, that doesn't really give you the most visibility of what the oncoming is, especially if there's somebody turning left coming on. So what what would somebody doing a rider test or after you get your your license, what what do you suggest for that left turn kind of scenario? Uh, well, no, that's that's the position you should be is in the left lane position to turn left. Because if there's a car in front of you, it's going straight or turning, you know, hopefully if they're turning, they're coming in the intersection and they start turning a little bit. And you try to put yourself a little bit more to the passenger side of their vehicle so you can kind of see, right? Okay. Around them. So that's good. Where, where I think I see most of the problems are is people on motorcycles, like they're either sitting in the crosswalk turning left and they've got to go across three lanes, basically, or a meridian on the other side. They don't come far enough into the intersection. So what happens in their turn, they end up turning exactly like they do in their car. They start their turn too early. It's now too tight. So instead of taking and making a big adjustment to go, you know, into the closest lane where you're supposed to go, they go across that and they just go wide every time. So when you're, when you're riding, if you think to yourself, again, we go to that space part, you put yourself where you can see the best. If it's a huge bus in front of you and you're like, well, the only way I'm going to see it is to kind of go in the other oncoming traffic. Well, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait until the bus clears its left turn so I can see if it's safe for me. I'm going to be watching the light to make sure you know, is when the light is and when the light turns, now I'm really careful because I'm not really sure I'll try to let the bus go. And of course you got to watch over your left shoulder for pedestrians or bicyclists or somebody doing something. Right. So the left position is the left position is ideal, even when you're experienced. Yeah. And then when you're, if you kind of blend that to your group riding or your pack riding, well now what about the second person, right? Where do they go? And they mm-hmm. really should be, like a single file tight to your wheel at the back. So they've got to get themselves in the best position they can. And they're not just blindly following the leader through. Yeah. Cause you right. never know who's going to try and run that yellow. Right. That's right. the or, other part of it. Yeah. I'm human. I could, maybe I make a mistake. Right. And you're just following me through. It's not going to help. Right. And <laughs> I jam on the brakes and all of a sudden you jam on the brakes or we run into each other or we get hit by something just because I wasn't, you know, I made the mistake. Absolutely. Nobody's and perfect. God knows I have done my fair share of wide left turns because <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't paying attention and I could go, but I'm like, oh, I'm really not in the right spot to make this a proper turn. But it happens to the best of us. Is there any legislation about lane positioning or we are free to move around to deal with debris and stuff, right? Yeah, free to move around, follow the same rules as everybody else on the road. It's not like a, a rule only for motorcycles or semi-trucks, right? Now, so, some people yeah. like to make rules just for us, but <laughs> that's well, another do. show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people out there thinking that they they have the, the right of way. So, 
but you gotta, you know, you just gotta be aware of your environment, stay out of the way, right? So basically, really the the lesson learned on this podcast is lane positioning is all about forward looking, planning, and making sure you're in the best spot so you don't get hit, you don't hit debris, you can avoid puddles, whatever, put yourself in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time, give yourself some space to make decisions. And if you really want to ride in a group, understand how it's working for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me again and talking about lane positioning. Really appreciate it. Thank you again, Chris, for joining us and all the great information about lane positioning. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast, Your Candy From. If there's a topic that you'd like us to cover or a guest you think would be great on the show, let us know. How? Well, follow us on all the socials or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bikes. See you out on the road.